Um, before I actually uh, get started today, um, something occurred to me that might be a neat exercise for some of you. Um, the some of you that um, have received Zazen instruction, the some of you who have been sitting for a while, um, who have a rough idea of what the thing is um, that we call a Zazen in this tradition, and yes, that'll, that probably includes most of you. Um, my suggestion is to get out your phone and turn on the voice memo feature. You can record, you know, yourself and uh, give Zazen instruction. Just alone at home, turn it on and go through the motions of giving Zazen instruction as if there were someone there with you. Do it. Actually, <laughs> like a bunch of reading. You should do that. Not because we're, I'm not leading into like, oh, we need volunteers to teach the intro class across the hall. Um, the reason is because when you listen to your own voice, describing to somebody how to do something, you learn a lot about how you understand it. Right? It's kind of a trope in, I guess, educational settings. If you really want to learn something, you have to teach it. If you really want to learn that sutra, offer a course on that sutra. If you really want to learn how to properly mow a yard, give a class or teach someone else how to mow that yard. So if you sit down at the recorder and you just spend 20 minutes saying, okay, here's what you do with your body and why. And here's where your attention should go and why. When you listen to the recording again, you'll notice that your word choice is giving away all sorts of stuff. It's giving you all sorts of really important information about how you understand the thing that we call Zazen, what it's for, how it looks, and kind of a little bit like what we talked about last week, you might notice some of your word choice kind of implying the metrics for success and failure, right? Just a suggestion. I know nobody's going to do it. <laughs> it's hard to listen to your own voice. <laughs> I know that very well. <laughs> it's a cool thing to do, though. Um, it's wonderful to see all of you who are able to attend from at home or on the road. It's wonderful to see all of you in the room today. So what we're talking about today is a short um, line from Kai Giri Roshi. Um, it's on your program, and for those of you who do not have a program, I will read it for you. Dogen Zenji said, what is reality? An icicle forming in fire. This seems impossible. Nevertheless, this is reality. We live it every day. One more time. Dogen Zenji said, what is reality? An icicle forming in fire. This seems impossible. Nevertheless, this is reality. We live it every day. So um, I'm going to read two more real quick passages, one from Kaigiri and one from Dogen, because those are our guys today. In each moment is the universe, um, Kaigiri said, Dogen says that practice is just to walk in the mist. That's a metaphor many of us who've been hanging around this place a while have heard many, many times. It's a very famous metaphor for practice is to walk in the mist. Dogen says practice is just to walk in the mist. Before you realize it, your clothes get wet. Let karma penetrate your clothes, skin, muscle, and bone. Finally, you understand what the mist is. 
through spiritual practice, you develop the great capacity to accept the many circumstances of everyday life and digest them. And then finally, um, my very favorite passage from Kuge, um, Dogen's, um, I don't know, essay, I guess, fascicle, something like that, um, usually translated as flowers in space. These are like probably four of my favorite lines in all of Zen literature. I've said them a bunch of times from this seat. There's so much there for me. Dogen says, we enact the cause and effect that is this world, and we accept the cause and effect that is this world. The time and place that blue lotus flowers open and spread are in the midst of fire and in the time of fire. I just feel that really powerfully. The icicle forming in fire, the lotus blooming in fire, the impossibility of enlightenment and compassion and wisdom and life arising in the midst of fire. It's a powerful image for me. These three passages today, um, chief, chief amongst them is the one that I'll spend most of my time talking about, the icicle forming in fire. They're all talking about our relationship with karma, with our worldly life with our ego life the part of us that's in love with its own importance as i said um i'm gonna guess that all of us here feel like their your life is on fire i expect you feel like your life is on fire even if you're having a really good day come on it's on fire you know it is <laughs> of course it is here it is on stand. Actually, it wouldn't matter. You could be a co-op. I could be fire. It's what motivates us to do every single thing. Is the part of us that goes, "Oh my God, it doesn't stop." This is the first noble truth: the universality of suffering. <laughs> so the idea of, in one metaphor, karma being the thing that we agree to walk through, and we just let it penetrate our clothing, penetrate even further. Katagiri says. Let the mist penetrate your skin and your flesh and your bone. You really understand what the mist is. When you're the lotus blooming in the fire, you begin to really understand what the fire is. And the icicle, when you are that really trying to form in the fire, you have to develop a relationship with the fire in which you are forming. So these are our passages today. And um, I want to reassert what Katagiri Roshi said, because he uses this beautiful and very abstract and very poetic metaphor from Dogen, an icicle forming in fire. That's very, very cool. That's a good song lyric. If you're a songwriter, somebody could steal that and turn that into something, shouldn't they? That's really good poetry, an icicle forming in fire. But he asserts this seems impossible. And yet, nevertheless, this is reality. We live it every day. Can you feel the ordinariness of his language there? We're talking about it as if it's a spectacular thing, which it is, and yet you live it every day. Yeah. Can you feel how immediately? It's okay. You've already done it. This isn't something that you gain through doing Zen practice. Like, oh, because I'm a good Zen Buddhist, I became an icicle for me and fire. Give me a break. It's an awful lot of you in the sense. No. You're born. Ta-da! Too late, already done. Isn't that nice? Icicle forming in fire. Here we are. I had a moment of kindness. Wow, the impossibility of having a moment of kindness arise spontaneously in a world of anger and frustration and confusion and greed and hate and separation and illusion. I held the door for someone. Boom. Isn't that nice? An icicle just formed in fire. Very ordinary. No big deal. We don't have to get high on it. <laughs> Everyday life. But it's also kind of cool to remember the size of what he's saying. An icicle forming in fire. So here's where it takes me. It can take you wherever it wants to. Um, I suggest you pay more attention to where it takes you than 
where I think this is going because I'm just telling you where it took me. If this is of any value to you, wonderful. If it's not, forget it. But where it took me was to be reminded that my life like yours is already impossibly improbable. Already a miracle beyond any possibility of human comprehension. An icicle that formed in fire. Your life is already so crazy and so big that to say that it is you or to call it yours would reduce it hugely and negate its majesty or its mystery. Can you feel how much smaller it gets when you say it's mine? That's the funny thing about falling in love with our importance. When I said it makes you anxious to come in a room and have somebody ring a bell and go be careful, the important person's about to talk. I mean, I made a joke because it's true. Oh my God, that really freaked me out. I was feeling pretty chill. Stairs, I was talking to Bonnie, feeling pretty chill. I'm walking in, all of a sudden, I got smaller. Because I was reminded of my awareness. And suddenly it was me. And suddenly it was mine. Can you feel it? Oh. Right? Our specialness makes us very small. Your importance makes you very small. The thing that you're part of, your family is convinced of its importance, is Anna is very much in love with its importance. The company you work for is in love with its importance. The country you live in is in love with its importance. The narrator in your head, oh my God, she loves herself, doesn't she? Or he, or they, or it, doesn't matter. Central character, star of the show, first name in the credits. <laughs> Come on. Can you actually feel the fear that's underneath that? I want my name to be the first in the credits, right at the top. It's the Bouchot movie, starring Bouchot. <laughs> Guess who it's directed by? <laughs> and written by? <laughs> the Grip, the Best Boy, the Gapper. <laughs> oh. well, that's a pretty boring credits cross. <laughs> It's also a really scared credit. Can you imagine the credits scroll of just that same name over and over and over? I mean, that's the narrative in your head, right? I'm not psychic, you're just human, so I know that about you because this is the thing that humans do. We're all a star. And we feel the fear that's underneath the grasping. The re only reason we're pointing that out isn't to make an enemy of the fear. Please don't make an enemy of the part of you that wants to imagine that it is important. And that's not what we're saying. This room isn't about creating a new enemy, nor is it about recognizing part of you that needs to be. No, 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 no. This room is about, oh, I see the fear underneath that. Oh my God, that explains why the importance is such a big deal. I'm so scared. Maybe if I'm important, I won't be so scared. I better be important. I better grab onto that. If I get a little taste of it, I better, right? Can you feel it? This is just human beings. This is greed, hate, and delusion. We're just talking about standard stuff here in Buddhism. But the answer isn't to make an enemy out of that function. The enemy, the, the, the practice is to see the, there's dukkha underneath that. There's fear underneath that. Oh, there's the sweet water. Oh, I want to allow you. Yes, there you are. I understand. There's already a misunderstanding down there that needs to be met with. Understanding. Oh, sweetheart, you don't have to be central. Isn't that a relief? Then the credits are really short. No title, directed by no one, starring no one, written by no one. Oh, my God, now I can just sit here and breathe. Instead of making it into a thing, now it's your zazen. Oh, man. My bib kept folding. <laughs> happens. So the beauty of what we're being offered here is the scale of it gets small when we try to make it big. It's a weird way of saying it, but that's what's happening. It's so big, it's so infinite, that as soon as you try to give it a parameter, 
it's important. You go, oh, no, no, no. Now you just got scared and now you made it small. Isn't that funny? That's funny, isn't it? Because you're already living it every day, but now you've got ideas. This icicle forming in fire. So, back to the page. Nevertheless, we will say that your life is you, and we will say your life is yours provisionally here this morning to simplify things and to help me give this talk. But please let us all agree to understand that the thing we're calling your life today is actually life without boundaries, life without separations, life without limits. Can we all agree to that understanding, at least just for the duration of this talk? Four people nodded, that's as many as I need. Okay, that's, that's our understanding. <clears throat> And so since you agree to these terms, especially the four of you who nodded, you will have to agree to this as well. When you feel abandoned, that's just you. That's just an emotion, loneliness probably, and it's attendant interpretation, thought consciousness, I have been abandoned that tries to explain and understand that emotion to make sense of it. Does that make sense or should I say it again? Yeah. Thank you. When you feel abandoned, that's just you. That's just an emotion. We'll call it loneliness, probably something in that family, right? If I feel abandoned, how do you feel if we feel I'm abandoned, I feel abandoned. You can tell I'm using words to try to explain an experience, right? That doesn't really have words, but I'm gonna try. So I'm probably feeling lonely, isolated, separate, right? And then the words you've just heard me say, I feel abandoned, that's my interpretation. I'm trying to use words to explain the thing that I'm experiencing. I've been abandoned, I've been abandoned. So I'm trying, my thought consciousness is trying to make sense, explain the experience that I'm having, right? And you can also feel that the words it's going to use make it the star of the show. I am feeling abandoned. That's a relational sentence. Somebody or something has left me behind and is therefore the cause of my feeling. Hence my crossed arms and my petulance. Can you feel it? Since we agree to admitting the truth that we are life without limit, we have to agree to the truth that you have never been abandoned. You are the one who abandons. We have to agree to the truth that you have never been alone, that you are the one who separates. If I am feeling abandoned, guess what I'm not being with right now? Oh, I left you, didn't I? That explains why you feel abandoned. I just felt lonely, but I didn't feel it. I didn't stay with it. I didn't allow it. I didn't include it. I'm life without limit. I broke myself off from it. I imagined myself as separate from it. <laughs> Do you see it? Oh, there you are. I'm not abandoned. There's just a thing happening. What are you talking about? Oh, you're feeling lonely. There's a lonely there. Right. Just like there's a breath there. All of you are doing that right now. You can include that. Cloth against your skin. Can you feel it now? Now that I've called your attention to it, there it is. Right, right, right. Oh, I get it. I'm not alone. It's not possible to be alone. It's not a possible thing. So this idea that if I'm abandoned, I'm the one who abandons, or if I'm alone, I'm the one who separates... Right, I've just done the thing. I've done the thing that all of us do all the time. Yes, I've separated. I've imagined that I'm different from you, and that I'm different from this, and I'm different from this, and I'm different from this. Right, and some having an experience. I see what I've just done. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't it brilliant to see? Because now 
I'm right back where I should be. Right? Does that make sense? I'm not dependent on. I'm not dependent on the family to make me feel unabandoned and not alone and the country to call me up and remind me on behalf of America, you are awesome. You're a great patriot. We all love you. Okay, good, 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 right? And, and the person I've got a crush on and, and my favorite teacher at school and my kids and my next door neighbor, oh, we love you. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Well, we'll never abandon you. You're good. You're good. Can you feel it? There's the anxiety that we started with. No, no, no. The icicle forming in fire is never dependent on the fire just getting cooler and cooler for just a few minutes. Could you guys give us just a few minutes so we could form some icicles here, please? Thank you. There we go. All right. No, 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 no. Remember, it's forming in fire, in the fire of loneliness. I am lonely. I feel disconnected. There it is. I've just chosen to turn toward it and not leave it behind. I've remembered what I actually am. It's not abandoned and it's not separate. Now it's me again. And now me can vanish. And that's what the cushion's for, right? Isn't that what the cushion's for? Does this make sense? This is just where this passage took me. Right? If this doesn't land or the penny doesn't drop for you, that's totally fine. But what I appreciate about this quote is the limitless of it. And I always assume, this is an assumption I'm making. I'm basing this on just me. And in no way defend this. But my assumption is when writers like Dogen, especially Dogen, because I've read a lot of Dogen, use a metaphor like this, they're not trying to be poetic and they're not trying to inspire emotion in me. They're trying to describe reality as clearly as they possibly can and as bravely and exactly as they possibly can. And they are forced to use metaphor and they're forced to use poetry because that can go places that like didactic thought can't. And so what I'm telling you is, I assume that when Dogen says reality is an icicle forming in fire, that he's not kidding. That's what I'm telling you. And therefore, when I start imagining that my life has limits and boundaries and is mine and is dependent, that I must be missing something. I'm not telling you he's here to remind me what a crappy Zen student I am doesn't make me a crappy Zen student. My understanding of Zen will never make me a good or a bad Zen student, ever. That's not the metric. And if you record yourself getting Zazen instruction, you might discover, oh, sure, I'm really pretty attached to the idea of understanding this stuff. Because I just said the word understand three times in 20 minutes when I was giving my Zazen instruction. Oh, I'm learning. Bought my own blind spots, isn't that cool? So. So when we accept we're an icicle forming in fire and we allow karma to penetrate our clothes and our skin and our muscles and our bone, we understand what the mist is. I love the word let. Before you realize it, your clothes get wet. We're just walking in the mist. Let karma penetrate. He's saying it's happening anyway. Participate by allowing it. Just participate by allowing it. Now that really does feel like what we do in the cushion. I allow my breath to come and go. I allow my feelings to arise and change. Leave. I allow thoughts to arise. Watch them. Can you feel the, the non-combatant stance in them? Not there to fight the mist. And what shows up on the cushion? Nothing but mist. Only our karma. Cause and effect. History shows up. My ideas about the future show up. Me. That endless credit reel with my name over and over and over. Stuff I'm scared of. Stuff I want. People I'm attached to. All those houses of belonging. All that intoxication with importance. All that's what shows up. So the invitation to, yeah, you can let all that show up and finally you'll understand what it is. It's okay. You got to sit with your abandonment an awfully long time before you realize you're the one who's doing it. 
in my case. Maybe you're quicker than me. It's possible. I had to experience an awful lot of aloneness, loneliness before I figured out, oh, wait, it's me. I'm separating. It's me. That's me. Oh, I get it. What a relief it was. What a relief it was to discover that. Because normally I fight my fear. Like all of us do, we're hardwired to do that. We fight our humanity. We fight our karma. We fight the mist. We fight the fire. We fight the fire. That's why we have that awesome saying, fighting fire with fire. Such a great saying. Those guys are the worst. Let's get in there. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. It's tragic and horrible because every history book you've ever read, like our fire is, I don't know, better, I guess, or hotter, less hot, taller, shorter. Shit, I don't know what makes good fire. I don't know. We're going to get in there. We're fighting. We fight our humanity. We fight our flesh. We fight our bones and our muscles. We fight our karma. We fight our actual felt experience, and that's where the separation happens. I'm lonely. I just left it. Now the loneliness is real. Oh. So there's the fight, just dukkha. More dukkha. Giving birth to dukkha on the cushion is something I've done a lot of. Giving birth to dukkha in the house of Buddha something I've done a lot of. It's primarily what I've done. In the house of Buddha, it's created to come. I've had an allegiance to fear in the palace of freedom. Isn't this the palace of freedom? That's a zendo. The house of Buddha. The palace of freedom. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a very beautiful aspiration there. You'll hear it at the end of the talk when people recite the four vows. That's freedom. That's Buddha. But mostly our allegiance is to fear when we're here. And I'm not describing a morality. I'm not creating a good or bad. This isn't a judgment. It's just a description of the process. I'm just describing nothing that happens for all of us. This is your zazen. It's my zazen. Um, so when we notice that we want our practice to be noticed, We want our enlightenment to be noticed. We want our wisdom to be noticed. There's something so different about you this year. Boy, you seem so calm. You know, last year at Christmas, you were a little cranky. Well, you know. <laughs> um, there it is. I forget the name. I was listening to a stand-up comic who said, like, oh, I took up meditation this year, and I've learned that three-quarters of meditation is telling people that you meditate. <laughs> I was like, oh, your numbers are off. It's a little higher than me. But yes, that's pretty true. <laughs> oh, we do like it. We like to be noticed. So our icicle nature does not need that. We only need to see our grasping. The fighting that we do inside in order to give rise to that behavior. Can you feel that, like, if I really want to announce to you that I'm a Zen practitioner, look at it. I'm a Zen practitioner, Evan. It's so good to see you because we're at this Christmas gathering. He hasn't seen me in a year, and I've changed, right? Can you feel that if I'm really, really hungry to tell Cousin Evan here that that's coming from a place in me that's really scared of it? It's really scared about something. This is not an enemy. He is not my enemy. Zazen is not my enemy. The impulse to want to share is also not my enemy. I'm not kidding when I say there's no enemies here. I'm just saying there's opportunities for me to see. I don't have to leave me in order to have him go, oh my God, you are amazing. Your practice is amazing. I should do the thing that you do. I'm going to write that down. Tell me again. What's it called? www.minzensender.org. I'll see you there on Tuesday. All that's fine. But what I don't want to miss is, oh, I just obeyed an awful lot of fear in a very, very, very small version of my life. Very small version. That's okay. But now that I see it, now that the light is on, I have a relationship. Compassion is relationship. That's what it is. Wisdom is relationship. So now I know where it's supposed to go. The job of that conversation is now no longer to convince Cousin Evan that he should be good like me. 
the awareness has allowed me to see, oh, the awareness should be right here. My relationship should be right here. Here's where the compassion goes. Here's where the wisdom goes. The wisdom is the part that helps me see that's what's happening. I'm at the Christmas gathering and people I haven't seen all year. I'm scared in this place. I'm scared of their judgment in this place. I'm scared of things about me that are different. Maybe I'm the only bald Buddhist in the room. I'm kind of nervous about that. I don't want to be nervous about that, so I'll be proud of it. I'm kind of better than them. <laughs> I'm just describing standard issue off the rack, ego defenses. Everybody knows this, right? The five year old bully is the scaredest kid on the playground. We all. <laughs> So do you feel it? The cool thing about what happens in this room is the opportunity for Boucher to get to go, oh, you're feeling scared right now. That's why you're doing that. That's fine. Now there's no enemies. People in the room aren't your enemy. They're not causing your fear, I promise. They can't. They didn't make you feel abandoned. They can't. They never left you. They can't. Isn't it cool to know that? You already are the icicle forming in fire. And since you know that, infinite life, no boundaries, no limits, now when that little pain shows up, it's actually pretty small. It's finite. It's born of the mist. Oh, you're scared. It's okay. I can hold you in infinity. Loving infinity, infinite infinity. It's okay. It's okay. What you got going on down there? Do you feel how the relationship just comes from a genuine desire? You're already part of the thing. Come on in. Come on in. You're already in. Let's do this. Are you feeling insecure about being weird and bald and wearing a bib in front of your rallies? Okay. <laughs> It's totally fine. No enemy. Your fear isn't the enemy. They're not the enemy. The bib isn't the enemy. Hold it close. It's called a rock suit, folks. Rock suit. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being, <laughs> trying to make a larger point. <laughs> when I'm nervous about it, it becomes a bib. But I'm proud of it. It's a rock. So there you go. Okay. So <clears throat> we just notice all that shows up in the great space of our heart. The great space. <clears throat> the great space of our heart. That's what we do in Zen. This is actually our Bodhisattva vow. Everything we're discovering, everything we're talking about, everything I'm riffing on today is the Bodhisattva vow. Again, you'll hear them in a few minutes. But one way of understanding the Bodhisattva vow is I will not separate from it. I will not split off from it. I will shine light on all of it without exception. I am all of it and all of it belongs. That's your vow. All right. <clears throat> I'm almost done. I'm skipping a page because I don't know. It didn't move me. It moved me when I wrote it, but I don't like it. This is from um, the end of Flowers in Space. Again, Kuge is the, I don't know how to say it in Japanese, but um, Master Dogen's uh, Flowers in Space treatise or essay or fascicle or whatever. He quotes Guangzhou. I'm going to guess. Sounds Chinese to me. But Guangzhou says, how wonderful. The Buddhas throughout the 10 directions are originally just the flowers in our eyes. If you want to know about these flowers in our eyes, they are originally the Buddhas throughout the ten directions. If we want to know the Buddhas of the ten directions, they are not flowers in our eyes. If we want to know the flowers in our eyes, they are not the Buddhas of the ten directions. He's fun, isn't he? <laughs> like, it's almost like the more you pay attention, the worse it gets. <laughs> That's actually kind of true about Zen. <laughs> now that I think about it. Just to still be kind, anything past that, it's just we get in the weeds immediately. Now I'm off track. All right, so he just asserted something and then asserted its opposite. Yeah, okay. If you don't understand, those with only hearsay knowledge do a little dance, and those who make up their own enlightenment put on makeup. <laughs> or you can say it this way if you wish. This is Meister Eckhart from the Christian tradition. 
Christ's birth is always happening. Yet if it doesn't happen to me, how can it help? Everything depends on that. If the icicle that forms and fires is you, if the Buddha doesn't wake up as you, if you don't wake up to that, how can it help? Everything depends on that. the non-separateness, right? So I'm going to close. We accept the cause and effect that is this world like Dogen says. We have no other choice. The beauty of his assertion, we accept the cause and effect of this world. He's talking about karma, cause and effect. Even when you're fighting it, you're accepting it because that's how karma works. The part of you that hates karma, that's karma. The part of you that judges karma, that's karma. The part of you that wants it to be different, yep. Party that can hardly wait to practice then to get wise. Yep, it's karma. You're walking in the mist. And Dogen says, Category mm -hmm. Roshi's like, yeah, please let yourself walk in the mist. You'll wake up. You'll begin to see the mist for what it is. You'll understand karma for what it is. To feel how we're going from the conditioned to the non-conditioned, right? You accept it. You have no other choice. We just walk in the mist. We do this practice, we let our clothes get wet. We have no other choice. Leave Zen Center, never sit again. You're still doing it. You're still walking in the mist. Walk out of this building, join another Sangha, give up on Buddhism, renounce your membership. Okay, you're exactly as wet. It's karma. I mean, literally, right? You're enacting karma, you can't not. So they allow. And the accept starts being where the juice is. Now it's about right relationship. Now it's about right relationship. Now it's about right relationship. If I'm sitting in to get rid of fear and anger and hate and delusion and all the human experience and the limitations in my body and my fast heart rate and my nervousness, I have an enemy I'm going to fight with until I'm dead. But if the relationship instead is, oh, there you are. You are the mist. I understand you. I can accept and allow. I can see all the way to the bottom. Now it's right relationship. It's right relationship. The icicles pour in fire. The lotus flower blooms. Can you feel it? Right in the midst of the pain, the party goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you feel that? How much deeper that is than the preference around importance and the preference, can you feel it? Around the conditionality that we imagine that we are? We let karma penetrate our clothes and skin and muscle and bone, just like Katagiri said, we have no other choice. And finally, we understand what the mist is, what our life is, already impossibly improbable, already an icicle in fire, already a miracle beyond any possibility of human comprehension, so crazy and so big. No more need to claim it, own it, or define it. No more need to reduce it or to negate its majesty or its mystery. We already are the great capacity to accept the many circumstances of everyday life and digest them. What a perfect name for what we already are, the great capacity. And what a perfect name for the time and place that the lotus flowers of the great capacity open and spread in the midst of fire and in the time of fire. Thank you for your attention this morning. I'm grateful to all of you who are here in the room and who are out there. 40 minutes, it's pretty good for me. Um, and I know we've got um, announcements and stuff happening. It's a board meeting Sunday, so there's some stuff we want to shift gears and get to, but we do have a few minutes if anybody has something they want to offer, um, comments, questions, Raymond. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for the talk. I was just meant it hit me a little bit different. Uh, we use the word abandon 
I thought exile. Yeah. And I think exile because I feel like in my mind, I exile people. You know, they're out of my life. But what I'm really doing is exiling myself. And I think it's the same thing, it's just a different word. Yeah. That's beautiful. Did you all hear that? Um uh um I'm doing this for the Zoom folks. Uh Raymond was just saying the, the when we're naming our tendency to abandon, I feel abandoned or I abandoned, but it's really an abandonment of self. Um, the word that comes up for him is exile. Perfect. I like exile. It's got a little bit of an edge to it too, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Or excommunicate. <laughs> Any Catholics? Excommunicate. Same thing, right? Separate, cut off, exile, you know? Amputate. And you take that's really funny. Shut, 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 like, um, done. Because either a you leave the group or they kick you out. That's like in our DNA, folks. The fear of that is in our DNA. Which makes sense, right? We're prey. That's how we evolved. We're pack animals. We're prey animals. So our, on a biological level, our safety, like our need to belong to the group is a really, really big deal, right? So it shows up today mostly as fear in our adrenaline system and emotionally as shame. If I'm bad, I've been shunned. Can you imagine the, sh the shame of being shunned? <laughs> Woo! It's fascinating that in our, uh, I'll just say the one sentence. It's fascinating that, <laughs> that in our tradition, we have so many different times when Buddha had to face, like, I'm leaving the palace. You get it, right? In that building, I know who I am. My importance is celebrated daily. He's a prince, right? Nicest clothes, nicest everything, nicest food. Beautiful wife. Husband, successful father. I will inherit his kingdom every time I walk in the room. <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm going to leave the palace wall. I'm going to shave off the one thing that gives me an identity, throw away my clothes. In the caste system, we'll remember this 500 BC in Northern India, quasi Nepal, whatever it was. I've just gone from being in the community to self-shun. He had to have felt deeply terrified and abandoned. Can you imagine? He's like facing shame, and then later under the tree, who do you think you are? Shame, shame, shame. He has to pass this test over. It's a myth, you guys. It's a myth. But he's got to pass the test over and over and over. Who do you think King of the Jews. Over and over and over. All these myths, all the same thing. Shame, shame, shame. The need to belong, the intoxication with our own importance, facing it over and over. Thank you, Raymond. Isn't that nice? Did anybody else recognize, oh, this is what I do out there? It's like a cousin, Ron. Sick of him. I'm sure one more Thanksgiving thing and he goes off about politics. I've had it. I'm not talking to Cousin Ron. I'm, sh I'm shunning Cousin Ron, right? <clears throat> I'm exiling him. I'm excommunicating him. And you go, what did I just do to myself? I'm not suggesting don't have boundaries. Set boundaries. If Cousin Ron's really toxic and hard to be around, you get to make a choice. But what Raymond is reminding us of is, wait, it has to happen here. And there's part of me here that I have just refused mm -hmm. to be in a relationship with. And don't do that. Because I'm life without limits and I'm an icicle for me. I think, thank you. I like exile. But, Phil. So that was my kind of a final sentence, Pucho. Uh, thanks for, you know, mm. I, I struggle with that dialogue all the time. It's like, oh, I got one thing to say, but really I've got 50 in my mind and yeah. it's hard to pick out that last one. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> um, so my question is, is uh, where are you? Your talk was so, um, so resonant for me too. Um, you talk about a lot of, a lot of scary stuff. You know, the world is on fire. We're trying to do a nice little fire. My, I have a friend who, who describes this as some, this, this, this muck that we kind of create for ourselves. He calls it believing your own press release. So when you start to believe your own <laughs> press releases, oh, I'm the narrator, I'm the person the credit. So my question is, is, is that, yep, it's on fire and we're sitting in the middle of it, but let, I wanted to talk about how scary that is for a lot of us. Me, just talking about me in particular, when something becomes acute, 
it's hard to find the separation that I need to find. Say, oh, there I am. What what practice or what encouragement would you have to help us, you know, separate ourselves from the fire, so to speak, even though we're there? Like, how do we, what kind of encouragement or practice can we exercise to help do these things that you're, you're, you're offering? To kind of not lose the witness. Is that right? To kind of not lose the party that goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm here. Yeah, we're bearing witness. Like, how do I not just go, well, that's the worst thing I've ever seen, and then yeah, go into the fetal in the corner. Yeah. Does that make sense to folks? He's asking. Um, they told me you're supposed to repeat the question <laughs> of the Zoom folks, because sometimes they can hear this again. The question basically is um, when, when the suffering of the burning world um, I'm guessing, he, I, I'm not sure why Dogen shows the metaphor of blooming in the time of fire, in the place of fire, I'm going to guess the flower sermon, or the, uh, sorry, the fire sermon, the, the fire sermon of the Buddha, everything's on fire all the time, look out the world, everything's on fire, it's on fire, it's on fire, it's on fire, and then he pulls it back and says, you're the one who's on fire because it's in your eyes and your ears and your, uh, you know, he does. Everything's a list and everything goes in order. But everything is on fire, the suffering of the world. And how hard it is for us when the suffering becomes acute. It's a great word. So when the fire becomes very, when our, when our experience of pain becomes very acute or very intense, we very naturally become quite constricted and we kind of forget, essentially, on life without limits. I'm bearing witness. I'm the one who's bearing witness. I'm not the one who's burning. Is that, am I getting it right? 100%. Yeah, it's a great question. Sometimes, um, like, I think there's the Bible verse of um, being purified in fire, like gold would be purified by being melted down. Oh, yeah. And fire itself is just a combustion. It's just two things interacting. I think the sun is constantly combusting, it's constantly going through a chemical reaction of two things mm -hmm. coming together to make something else. Right. It is. And when our pain gets, when I accidentally touch the stove, no, that occurs to me. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> exactly. But we all are the interactions of our two parents put together. The, yeah. And, the, and the, um, the constriction that you're referring to, the smallness that shows up in the heart or in the awareness. Makes sense. I've just become identified with the one who is hurting. Yeah. So in our tradition, um, we're offered very at this at this level. At we're offered very practical things, super practical things, like literally reminders. Where the thing that reminds you. Remember in some way, right? It's the little gata that you put over your bathroom sink that says, "Don't forget when you're washing your hands." You're washing your hands in infinite water and you are life itself. And the reason you're doing this is because you're part of it. I mean, I'm making this up, but you get it, right? And don't forget when you put on your robe. Don't forget when you're walking out the door that you're taking part in the great. You're like, oh, right, 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 because I need to be reminded. Even actually when the pain isn't acute for me, I forget all the time. Why we come here, right? So Zen's very first, Zen, the tradition of Zen's very first answer that fills a wonderful question is, well, sit every day. It literally helps you remember for half an hour. I set a time and remember, oh, right, I'm the witness. And then I'm gone and I am the daydream. And then I go, wait, oh, caught it. And then I'm the witness again. And then I'm and I am the leg pain. And then I, oh, I remember. I'm not the worry. I'm the one watching. I'm not planning for tomorrow. I'm the one watching the planning for tomorrow. I'm not, right? So just practice, practice, practice. The muscle gets stronger. Um, and the only other thing that's been of use to me is usually that first Zazen instruction we are given. Um, I figured out a way to get back to Zazen instruction. To remind all of you, record yourselves teaching Zazen. Is what they're doing in the other room right now is mostly relaxation. That's what they're teaching them. They're teaching them, put your body in a posture that lets you pay attention, but relax. So you can feel the stability of the earth underneath your knees. And you can have a nice long spine. Isn't that nice? It'll just help you relax. And just kind of ask yourself, well, where's your breath right now? Where's your breath right now? Oh, there it is. There it is. And when you wander away from those two things, come back. Where's your body? Where's your breath? 
Where's your body? Where's your breath? Where's your body? Where's your breath? Where's your body? Where's your breath? This is just the top layer of meditation. But if I'm the one sitting in the airport and my flight's just been delayed and I might not be able to get to San Francisco in time to be at my dad's bedside as he's dying and my anxiety and my grief are really big right now because that flight just got delayed for three hour, more hours and mom said he's only got a few minutes. I'm in acute suffering. I'm scared. I'm ashamed. I'm nervous. I'm confused. I don't know what I am. I'm a whole bunch of stuff. I'm exactly what Phil is describing. And so they go, oh, I'm an icicle forming in fire. Probably not too useful. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm locked in the mist. I'm an icicle in fire. But the idea of remembering that isn't to take away the fact that I am feeling all those things and I'm really, really scared. What Bouchot is going to do at gate 37 on concourse B is go, where's your body? Where's your breath? Where's your body? Where's your breath? Not to get away from those feelings, but to make me a larger container for them. There you go. If you notice that, when you are relaxed, you are softer, you can hold more. When the rubber that the balloon is made out of is softer, it can expand further, it can hold more. You can hold more than you think you can, of course, because you're infinite. But at some point, literally just relaxing the container, because what I completely hear is when I start believing my own press releases, I'm immediately in a constricted place that will show up in my body 100% of the time, and it will show up in my emotions. 100% of the time, which means it's going to show up in the thoughts 100% of the time. These start getting very narrow, very constricted, distress getting very tight, very constricted, the body and your skull. So I'm just going to stay with this for 30 seconds. Just breathe. I'm not going to try to inject some sort of weird arcane wisdom and try to, no, 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 because now I feel like I'm trying to fight. I'm not here to do that. Is that helpful? I mean, I basically just said, where's your body? Where's your breath? Which you've heard for years. I give you nothing. <laughs> you already have that one and I know we got to get going here so Raymond thank you for your patience with me Mr. Doan sir and thank you for your attention today have a beautiful Sunday <laughs>